When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With each mortgage-free home, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us. Heroes that put their lives on the line for all of us risking their lives for our country and our communities. These heroes need your help now more than ever. Help America's heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T, dot org. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast, For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years, and he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Guess what? The podcast is now being released on Mondays and Thursdays. Do 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 do. So if you're listening to this on Memorial Day, happy new release day day. Happy new release day 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 day. Not day day from Friday. I don't know, but it's also the 100th anniversary of the Tulsa Race Massacre. So. Depending on what hour of the day you catch me, I might be in a bad mood. So either I might want to give you a hug or I might want to, you know, swing on your ass. I don't know. That's yet to be determined. But look, we got three great episodes of Housewives yet again. So we're doing another, yet another All Housewives episode. It's me and you, the Housewives and Marvel 2, your unscripted episode. Let's do it. Hey guys, this is the self-proclaimed season ticket holder of pop culture and your mama's favorite black geek. I'm Kendrick, host of the Me and You, the Housewives and Marvel 2 podcast, a podcast that, through my own random and winding rants, discusses everything related to pop culture, everything from reality TV to the MCU to the 
DCEU to all of the hot topics being discussed on CNN, NBC, BET, ABC, and 123. Grab your wine glass, sit back, and get ready to cuss and fuss right along with me. Woo! Oh, hi, guys. If y'all are anything like me, then you're spending your Memorial Day probably binge watching Watchmen on HBO Max. You know, that is my damn show. I have seen it 78 million times all the way through. Only nine episodes. Get into it. Starring the incomparable Regina King as Angela Abar, a.k.a. Sister Knight, the DC comic character that they need to use in every damn project going forward. But that's just my, you know humble opinion they don't they don't ask me for my advice that's all right that's okay i'm gonna make it anyway um you know what happy memorial day guys it feels like i haven't talked to y'all in forever it's only been like eight days (laughs) not much of a hiatus and it wasn't actually a hiatus it was just a schedule shift i didn't give you an episode the previous week because i was waiting to release it on monday obviously next week we finally get us some loki and i'm very happy about it i mean why wouldn't i be you know what it's memorial day i might actually go sneak into a theater maybe an imax you know i'm vaccinated you better get into it i think i might go see a scary place too i did love the first one i'll probably rewatch it at some point then go sneak in and see it you know, I'm I'm a big John Krasinski fan, and I am love Emily Blunt. You know, I want them to be our Mr. and Mrs. Fantastic. Now, will that happen? I don't know, but I'm certainly hoping that it will. I, you know, I both of them have been kind of putting out these statements like they just, they don't know what's happening in the world. She don't like comic book movies. He ain't had no conversations. You, it, 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 It's a lot of bull. You know, I don't know if... I feel like they just, you know, jostling us. I don't know. Marvel is pretty good about giving the fans exactly what they want. They're not going to let you tell the story because they're going to tell their own story. They know exactly what story they want to tell. But, you know, they don't mind letting us pick with casting and, you know, uh, you know, fan servicing every now and then. You know, I, I like that. You know, I, I'm a fan. So... We're just going to have to see, you know, I think maybe, maybe if I go slip in and see that movie, it'll come true. Okay. I'm putting that out there. I'm going to see it. So everybody on Memorial Day, if you listen to this the day it comes out on Memorial Day, I want you to DM me at Housewives Marvel Podcast on Instagram and ask me how the movie was. I'll probably say, child, my ass at home sleep, but <laughs> on the off chance I don't, I'll tell you if it was, you know, good up to my standards or if you should skip it. I've been hearing great things from people I trust, because I don't trust every damn body. So, you know, we'll see. Before I get into these three great Housewives episodes, yes, this is another All Housewives episode, I want to tell you guys, oh my God, thank y'all, first of all, for joining the Clubhouse Club. Me and Aaron and Kaya from Bravo While Black, we have our own club on Clubhouse called Melanated Bravo. We get together every Thursday with the only exception so far has been this past Monday when we got together because that Potomac trailer dropped and we had to discuss it. I mean, we needed to talk about the tings, the tings. Okay. So we got together 
Oh my God, so many people have been joining the room whenever we started, coming in, coming on stage, laughing with us, everything. We have a little format where, you know, us three just talk and shoot the shit about the episodes first. And then once we're done, we bring people on stage, give all their thoughts to laugh with us. The last one went into such chaos. We were talking about ball bags and chicken and waffles, grits. I don't know how we got there. I, I don't. I don't know how we wound up there. But listen, it was everything to me. We ended up talking for like two hours this past Thursday. It was everything. I hope you guys are members. Just go get on there, join. If you need invites, message either at Bravo Wild Black on Instagram or message me. I got invites. We'll get you in there. It's been great. So we're going to do that every Thursday night. Get into it. Let me go ahead. Oh, actually, before I get into the shits, I want to tell y'all I'm a little embarrassed. Oh, I'm a wee embarrassed. I am a little behind on my favorite show on Bravo. Well, my second favorite. I think I'm ready to say Potomac is my favorite. You know, Mariah Huck isn't on Merit the Medicine anymore. It's it's lost just a little bit of its je ne sais quoi, and it's become a little contrived because Toya is really having to carry everything. And so, um, you know, I'm, I still love Married to Medicine, but I'm going to admit, I'm like three episodes behind at this point. Oh my God. I know. I know. I'm the worst. I'm going to get caught up though. It's not a, it's not that I don't like the show anymore. It's just, I'm kind of loving my Sunday nights to myself. I can't, Atlanta, I was always going to watch Atlanta live, no matter how bad it got. I'm going to do that. Real Housewives of Atlanta. I'm going to watch it. I, you know, I just, I like my Sundays to be mine, especially the Sunday scaries. Now, don't get me wrong. I've been watching the dog fuck out of mayor of East town on HBO max. Okay. I've been watching that without, fa- listen, the season finale. I'm about to get into it. I, ooh, amazing. I can't wait. Anyway, I'm not the only one. I've been trying to like, see how people feel about merit to medicine right now. It's kind of a general consensus that it is a little contrived this season. People are still enjoying it, though, which I'm glad. I don't want people to stop watching or anything. I do. (laughs) I want them to work everything out. I want my Mariah back. You know what? Let me just throw it over to JV from Chicago. Y'all know who JV is. JV comes in this thing every week on the podcast, throws in his opinion, makes us holler. So let me throw it over to JV and let him tell you what he's got to say about Merit Medicine this season. Is it just me or is Married to Medicine, does it feel like it's incomplete? Like, I quite frankly cannot stand Mariah Huck, but that lady was funny. And I love Quad, but the fact that she wasn't there for like half the season, it just felt like there was a void there. But I mean, Heavenly carried through. Heavenly and Toya were her softer behind and her husband's low testosterone. Yeah, I, I'm going to need them to, to get this lawsuit and all that mess together. Bring Quad back full time. She's not married to medicine now, but she used to be. It works. Shoot, at one point, none of the housewives in Atlanta was even married. So, come on. They ain't, she ain't got to be married to nobody. Get her a part-time job in a, in a, a, a medical office. Have her work for Heavenly. Ooh. I will say, though, they I love the uh, Married to Medicine reunion looks. They revealed those just a couple of days ago. I loved all the looks. They look like Disney princesses. I love old nasty Disney princess. So I'm, um, I'm going to get caught up. 
and hopefully I'll start adding it back in because we're, we're about to be down to two housewives now. And I think the next one up is Potomac and that's not until what August. So, or July, maybe July. Yeah. July. So we'll see. Let's go ahead and get into the real housewives of New York. We get right back into Sonya going a motherfucking fool at that restaurant. Ramona is low-key collecting her ass, though, saying, Your family hasn't even paid your bills. Why are you so goddamn concerned about them? I mean, <laughs> look, insert Nicki Minaj. Did I lie? Did I lie? Did I fucking lie? Sonya starts attacking Ramona's friendships and Luann motions for Ramona to leave the room and she does, but she's like, you know what, fuck this shit. <laughs> she's going on and on and on and meanwhile, Ebony is just eating her motherfucking steak. She's looking like, look, go ahead and do that. I'ma just, I'ma sit over here and watch child, okay? And eat this good ass food, this good ass steak you got me eating, drink this good ass wine, I'ma be okay. Throughout the madness though, Ebony, only knowing this group for a little while, makes a very astute observation. Sonia is married to her story. Exactly. Sonia, I mean like, okay, I'm going to say this in the nicest way possible. Sonia, hang it up, flat screen. Plasma. <laughs> hey, Nikki, hey, Nikki, asthma. The next day, we do a little check-in with both Ebony and Leah. Leah is talking to her sister about her mom and how she's trying to dictate people's grief and their mourning with her grandmother, or at least that's how she feels. And we see Ebony's conversation with her mama, Gloria, which is all <laughs> is centered in pain, but it's still fucking hilarious. Gloria said, look now, look now. I done told them people, you going to make the decision whether or not mama stay on child support, not child support, child, on life support. That way, you'll be the one to kill her and not me. I said, I know you lying. Mama said, you not been to turn me into the damn Grim Reaper. I know that's right. <laughs> I sure hate it. Fast forward, and Ramona and Luann are having a conversation about Sonia, and Leah walks in. Ramona asked her, to, she asked her really politely. She's like, you know, we're having a private conversation. Can you come back in five minutes? Leah leaves, but is fuming because she feels like Ramona has dismissed her. Wouldn't be the first time Ramona's done that. But Leah, you overreacted in this situation. Leah even walks by Michelle or the help as Ramona calls her and says, I don't know how you work for that fucking bitch. <laughs> child michelle started laughing and she said i love you leah that was michelle's way of saying girl i don't want this raggedy ass job i got kids and need to pay these bills that's the only reason i'm dealing with this oyster eating motherfucker on a regular basis child shit really gets jumping within a few minutes when leah sees that just a few minutes later ebony is in the same room as ramona and ramona is now talking to her Hoo-wee! It started jumping in. Leah started calling that damn woman everything in the book. She wasn't having that shit. Child, all of them go to their separate spots in the house and they start recapping what had just happened. And poor damn Garth. Garth. Not Garth Brooks, just a regular ass Garth. Is downstairs at the door knocking. 
and a knocking, and a knocking. Listen, they had me thinking Garth looked like. Have y'all seen that picture? It's like a combined photo of Chris Evans and Sebastian Stan. It literally it makes like the perfect specimen. Child, Garth was looking. He was looking real regular. <laughs> That's all I can say. Ebony and Leah, they don't end up going to work out with the other girls. They go to get them faces beat instead. This is when we find out that Leah is going to be doing like some sort of little vow of silence until the evening. Girl, I guess. Ramona asked <laughs> when they go back upstairs. Ramona asked if that girl had longaritis, longeritis. That was it, longeritis. Uh, you know what? I used to go to school with a girl named Longeritis. I think Ramona meant laryngitis, but I used to go to school with a girl named Longeritis. She couldn't fight. She used to get beat the fuck up all the time. I was like, Bob and weave. Bob and use your weave, girl. Okay, let me stop. They get in the limo to go oyster shucking. And child, I say it once again. I say it 18 times every Rony episode. Shit goes left. Sonia is jabbing at Luann about constantly texting Garth about, I guess, food that he's going to make for them at some point, maybe tomorrow when they're at Luann's house. And Sonia cannot take it. Everyone else is complimentary of Garth. And then they start, you know, talking about the types of men they like. Shit. It sounds like Sonya looking for me. She want her little piece of Kendrick in your life. I know that's right, Sonya. She like bald head men with dad bods. Ew. You got one right here, Sonya, but your broke ass can't afford me, okay? But then Sonya says that Luann stole her bald man, referring to Tom, child. And it feels like 2016, 2017, all over again. Child, Luann got mad and she started collecting Sonia. She said, he married me. He married me. You were just a one night stand. All of this, just saying everything about Sonia. It felt very season eight reunion. Like it was a, it was a whole lot. Ebony the whole time is like, damn, you are hidden below the belt with the way you're describing Sonia. And she does not hold her tongue back. Ebony says, I need to tell you about yourself, Lou. And she tells Ebony, well, be careful. Ooh. She tells her that Sonya feels like she has low value and worth because, because now, all of this like little brain comment and uh, one night stand or one night fuck, as Luann says. I mean, that's understandable, right? Like Sonya needs affirmations. What's crazy is after all of this vitriol that they're spitting at each other this whole time, like literally the whole ride from Ramona's house to go oyster shucking, they spitting all this venom at each other and then they immediately make up. Ebony is like, what the absolute fuck is happening? <laughs> like, what is happening? I'd like, I'm with you, Ebony. I'd be feeling a ways a ways if my friend was saying all that about me and now you talking about let's make up now bitch it ain't like that we got to fight for a little minute okay while shucking oysters we find out that leah the the valve silence didn't last long as you can see (laughs) is still apprehensive about the dinner tonight and about heather coming in general she voices her concerns in the vein of like 
if she can say all that about y'all who she's known all of these years, what is she going to say about me and Ebony in public? Child, I just don't trust her, but you ain't got to. I mean, you do <laughs> whatever. But it seems like Leah is doing my pet peeve, which is, you should know this by now, fighting other people's battles. I hate it. I think this is why Kyle from Summerhouse has like gone so downhill in my book, like downhill, like Jack and Jill went up the hill, but then we kicked Jack ass down because we thought he was Kyle. We That hill. He's gone downhill in my book because like if you remember, he used to be one of my favorites on Summerhouse a, a while ago. One of my favorites. But it drives me crazy when people on reality TV shows constantly feel the need to fight other people's battles. It stinks of desperation. You're not being their friend. You're hindering them. You're enabling them to keep being punk petty bitches by not speaking up for them damn selves. I just, I, it, it, it just bothers me. Leah, cut it out. Fast forward, Heather arrives and she's complimenting Sonya and asking her about her Audrey Hepburn breakfast at Tiffany's updo. And Sonya's like, bitch, <laughs> After all the shit you said about my new face, my old face, my new body, my old body, you want me to do your hair and all this kind of stuff? Heather, with all due respect, please go to hell. <laughs> now, see, those were Sonya's words, not mine. Don't don't put me in it. Y'all know I be minding my business. Heather, in her confessional, acknowledges that the welcome that she's received it's pretty cold. It's cold as ice. And then she gets ushered into the basement by Ramona, a.k.a. the lower level. Y'all know what I'm talking about, y'all. If y'all watch this show, y'all know about the damn lower level now, okay? <laughs> oh, Lord, many a fight has happened over that damn lower level. But when she emerges from the depths of hell, known as the lower level, she meets Ebony. And Ebony actually credits her for asking her about herself which the other ladies don't tend to do so much. Child, Luann sits down next to Heather and Leah, and she, ooh, she goes, <laughs> so Leah, do you have a podcast? <laughs> that leads to the setup of a lifetime, because now everybody except basically Sonia and Ramona are now, have now acknowledged that they actually have podcasts. When they move into the dining room and start discussing Heather's podcast, whoo, Leah goes into everything that she's read and all the accusations. She starts with the hard drugs first. And Heather's like, oh, yeah, 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 I know what you're talking about. No, 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 that's that's just a clickbait article. The actual article mentions nothing about that. And Leah's like, uh, yes, I do. <laughs> I, I clad do. I it really do. And Heather's like, well, you're trying to say that I tied it to Luann and I didn't do that. Leah's like, uh, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. She's like, if someone brings out drugs in front of me, I'm not bringing it up. I mean, I'm not either, but I'm not the one, you know, being proposition with drugs. Ooh, chat. It happened in college a lot, though. I did. Them people kept trying to get me to do cocaine. I do not want to do cocaine. No, thank you. Leah starts reading the article. It's referring to, I think it was St. Bart's, when Luann offered Heather weed, and then it says that the hard drugs came out immediately after. Though, I think Heather was referring to the men that they brought back to the house that were actually the ones bringing out the harder drugs, 
Luann is actually the only name mentioned in the article. So it feels like the implication was that Luann first offered her weed and then went to something a little stronger. Side note, Luann didn't seem too damn mad until she found out that the guest on that episode of the podcast was Carol Ratsville. <laughs> or as she now calls her, Carol Ratsville. Just as Heather is digging herself out, Leah finds another quote that Heather says. She said, I thought that was a real friendship, but nothing I really learned about Luann was genuine. Heather said, oh yeah, now that's true. (laughs) I know that's right, Heather. You can listen. Even Sonya had to laugh about this shit. Heather was like, look, at this point, I don't give a damn. If you don't give a damn, we don't give a fuck. I know that's right, Heather. Listen, y'all seem to be, Leah is on you alls shit list this season. I, I'm for one, I actually don't think Leah is that much different this season. I think that Leah is the same person she was last season, but two things have changed. One, you've gotten rid of Dorinda, who was literally the worst person on TV last year. And then two, we've gone through COVID, and now these shows are making sure they got somebody acting ass. And Leah, by all means, is ready to act ass. So... A lot of y'all are feeling that though. Y'all are, you know, y'all, y'all are on Leah's ass like back pockets. And I feel you. I'ma throw it over to my girl Taria from the What Else Is On Going On podcast. We go. You want to wake up with We Go? Follow her on Instagram at We Go Podcast. Let me throw it over to Taria, who is gonna tell y'all exactly why she don't fuck with Leah. Hi, my name is Taria from the What Else Is Going On podcast. This week's episode of The Real Housewives of New York got so far under my skin, I thought I was going to have to treat it like a tick removal and get some tweezers to get it out. Leah, Leah was the one that got under my skin. Now look, I know people last season loved Leah, thought she was a breath of fresh air. I'm going to be very honest and say I've never seen it for Leah. However, I could see a little of how she shook the franchise up a little bit. I do not think she elevates it in any way. Leah does not stand 10 toes down in her mess. So in one minute, she's calling out Ramona, screaming, hollering. In the next, she's crying, asking for Ramona's forgiveness. I feel like Leah and Ramona's relationship is sort of symbiotic to Leah and her mother's relationship However, that is not Ramona's fault. I also feel like with regard to Leah and Heather Thompson this season, Leah seems to almost always have a pissing contest with women who she views as strong women. I mean, come on. She's talking about Heather Thompson's podcast when Michael Che from Saturday Night Live turned Leah down. She then did an entire podcast episode, one hour and some minutes And tried to dog him out and also lied on him. So Leah is no one to be talking about somebody talking about somebody during a podcast. Also, it just seems so contrived. Leah could have very easily said, wow, y'all are inviting this chick up here after all the stuff she talked about y'all on her podcast. Well, that's on y'all and let it go. But no, she continued on. She acted as if she cared about Luann when Heather, let's be honest, didn't name Luann. Yes, she implied it, but truth is she didn't say it. And if Leah really cared about Luann, she would have thought, hmm, maybe I won't bring this story to television for it to get amplified even more. 
Also, Leah is talking about someone who was on the cast with these women for what, four or five years? She has every right, if she wants, whether we agree or not, to say what happened on some of these cast trips. Leah, on the other hand, has been with this cast for a year and got on Elise Swain's cameo and revealed that Ramona poops during sex. But you care about what somebody's saying about your castmates. Okay, girl, don't at me about this opinion. Don't ask me no questions. I've already given my statement to the press. Okay, Taria, you better gather these people up. I know that's right. Listen, the real gag for me is the whole time I was watching this damn episode, I kept thinking of that meme I saw on Instagram. I'm pretty sure it was the the real fans of Bravo account <laughs> that asked, you know, they asked their fans, who Heather really looked like? Does Heather look like Bradley Cooper or Jason Bateman? Child, both of them. B-O-F-F-U-M, both of them. She looks just like both of them. A perfect amalgamation of them. If you've never noticed it, take a picture of Holly Heather at that damn breakfast at Tiffany's party and put it up next to either one of them. Look like they could be twins, child. Whew. And now I, I, I can't unsee it, but I also refuse to unsee it. So <laughs> the conversation at the table actually shifts so now all of the heat is off of Heather, but now it's on to sex, which of course is our favorite conversation amongst the Roni women. Leah says that if a guy doesn't eat your ass, he's not a real man. I mean, do I need to quote Nicki Minaj again? Did she lie? Did she lie? Did she fucking lie? I know that's right, Leah. I feel the same way. If he ain't chewing ass, then... <laughs> Let me quit. You know what? All of my uh kindergarten fans just skip ahead a little bit. I'm I'm just Uncle Kendrick didn't say that, okay? You know what? Let me go ahead and get into New Jersey before I get all the way canceled, okay? We pick right back up with Jennifer saying Marge said that whole rumor about Evan segment, whatever. Andy shifts gears immediately, <laughs> immediately, because he's like, look, damn, we ain't even got to that part of the show yet. Jennifer kind of snuck that in there, though, because she's TTG. She's trying to go just like me, okay? I know that's right, Jennifer. They go back to why it's such a big deal that Jennifer got sloppy drunk at the party. The left side, Marge, Melissa, and Jackie... They're going in saying that her behavior is unbecoming while Teresa is on the other side saying, you know, it happened. It's a moment and it happened. Let it go. You know what side of the aisle I fall on with this. Let that damn woman be drunk. Okay. She wasn't bothering any of y'all and her husband was the one that took her home. That's all y'all need to know. No big damn deal. Hell, she didn't hurt anyone at the party. She damn sure didn't hurt none of y'all. We... We see all of y'all husbands get sloppy and net on a regular damn basis. The fuck? I mean, what the hell, y'all? Leave that damn woman alone. Before I get into this next section, I want to echo a sentiment that I shared in a recent Clubhouse room. Okay. <clears throat> I told y'all earlier, but if you don't follow us on Clubhouse, Melanated Bravo, find us, follow us. We have a good ass time on Clubhouse, okay? I said that I think the New York, not child, what your damn show am I talking about? The New Jersey Housewives as a whole, as a whole, as a 
whole, meaning all of them, have views on men and relationships and everything similar to that. Oh, how do I say this? Very problematic for me. That's what I'll say. They are very old school in their thinking and they all mostly have bad views on sexual harassment and the likes. I think Marge has had some sort of realization since she's joined the show that some of her earlier views and jokes and all that kind of stuff directly counter the sentiments and experiences that she's currently wanting to share. I can't say like if it was a coping mechanism in earlier seasons or what it was, but I think it's great that she's actually gone through this. Now, with that being said, we get into the section discussing why Jennifer felt like Marge was being sloppy for basically experiencing sexual harassment in the workplace. And Jennifer says that's not how she put it out there when she first told us about it. Jennifer and Dolores kind of go back and forth for a bit, but then Andy asked Jackie if she has experienced sexual harassment in the workplace. And she said, yeah, bosses would like massage my shoulders and all that kind of creepy shit. Teresa said, and you let them? Jackie said, yeah, I didn't want to get fired, which is what we hear from like most women all around the world who have dealt with sexual harassment. The reason people don't speak up about sexual assaults and harassment and violence is because of fear of retaliation, whether that comes on, you know, the form of assault or it comes in the form of something like, you know, firing someone or making sure you don't get promoted or whatever kind of blockage there is in the workplace. Teresa, <clears throat> come to the podium. Because we got to have a little talk. Y'all know I love me some Teresa Gerici for the being for, you know, the sole reason that Real Housewives in New Jersey continues to exist. That's why I love her. But her ignorance sometimes isn't even disgusting. It's just sad. Like, truly, just like you can't do shit but just watch it and just say, <sighs> Andy asked her if she's ever experienced sexual harassment and she says, no, of course not. Nobody would put their hands on me if less I wanted them to. Andy said, we know it's not a sign of weakness, but she doubled down on it. Marge calls it victim shaming. And it is Teresa. God, I don't even know how to get through to you. Teresa, not me pronouncing it like Pilar on passions. Did y'all used to watch passions? I got all the handle, the one who can leave my places and kiss the lips of the one who can seem so sweet. And, okay, let me start. <laughs> Teresa, how can you be so damn ignorant? Sexual harassment crosses gender. It crosses age. It crosses race. It crosses every damn Federal Bureau census criteria that I can think of. Anyone can be a victim of sexual harassment. Quit acting as if these women are experiencing it just because they're weak or they wanted it to happen. That narrative is so goddamn frustrating and tired. And it's like every time the world takes a leap forward in any kind of like legislation or thinking or whatever, the New Jersey housewives always make sure 
that they pull us back as many steps as they can. In keeping with the theme of setting us back, Jennifer sets out to defend Teresa and says, Marge, you fucked the boss you had before that one. Everybody knows you're easy peasy. Child, sigh. The motherfucking sigh. You know what? Maybe she did portray it to you in a certain way, but she said numerous times since then that that's not the way she intended it or what she wanted to convey. Can't we just believe her or take her for her word and just believe that sexual harassment is a real thing and move forward? Jesus, let's stop consciously trying to set back the women's live movement like into the stone age. Let's let's. Y'all want to be motherfucking Anne Boylan so bad. Y'all want to be motherfucking Anne of Cleves so bad. Y'all want to be motherfucking Catherine Parr or Catherine Howard so damn bad. Listen, y'all better get into this education, okay? I know all of King Henry's wives, okay? (laughs) That's such a random fact about me. I know an aggressive amount of history about King Henry VIII and all of his wives. I don't know... I don't know when that fascination started. Maybe it's when I watched the Tudors. I don't know, but I've seen so many documentaries about that damn man and all his wives. The shit is just interesting to me. Regardless, <laughs> let me throw it over to my girl, Stephanie from the Mocha Minutes podcast. Lord, she got some thoughts, some fifis, as she says about this damn New Jersey reunion. Oh, Stephanie. Hey everybody, this is Stephanie, host of the Mocha Minutes Podcast, and I am leaving this message because y'all know how much I go up for (sighs) my boy Kendrick of me and you, the housewives at Marvel 2. So, wanted to leave this nice little voice note about the conclusion of the Real Housewives of New Jersey reunion. Now, the first part we were getting our life and the second part it was like oh good to see these heifers go in the first 15 minutes of the second part of the reunion it literally reminded me why I've always had a like a side eye towards um mother Julie J so that first 15 minutes demonstrated why her and Jennifer get along so well. Because they align on so many things. <sighs> to hear women who literally wanted sympathy for her daughters and wanted sympathy because she went to jail. um, Sympathy because she went through the tragic passing of both of her parents within less than a five-year period. Um, To literally... Not Stephanie stopping to yawn. You know what? (laughs) Y'all don't respect me at all. You know what? That's okay. I like being the least respected podcaster in the universe. It's cool with me. Anyway, back to Stephanie. Be problematic as hell about women in corporate America and say nobody would do that to me as if sexual harassment or sexual assault in the workplace is something that you can um, prevent is hilariously on ba- on brand for Teresa. It's also on brand for Jennifer. But the problem with that past is, is that 
it's a bunch of Spider-Mans pointing at Spider-Mans, except Dolores, at least for right now. I was, I'm disappointed on that whole cast because you saw Jennifer and Teresa sharing these nasty thoughts and Bravo has not said not a damn thing about it yet. And I think it's mostly because it's come for the center um, of Jersey, which is Teresa. And that's just problematic and troubling. And also we watched as, quite frankly, somebody else should be handling the reunions. However, comma, I don't know if her comments had anything to do with the host because she would feel the exact same way whether it was somebody who was a woman, somebody who was a person of color, someone who um, has a different gender identity than her, somebody who has um, different sexual um, orientation or sexual preference than her. I don't know if that would have changed because um, Andy is one, like one of those things and that didn't matter. But I think it should have been handled better and to see how many people were triggered by it is the other problem. I couldn't have said it better my damn self. Now, now Stephanie, I said it without yawning, but I'm going to let you slide this time. <laughs> let me point out one funny thing though before I move ahead. Marge talked about how she left a gift package in the room for all of the ladies and she didn't hear like a thank you or anything from Jennifer and Teresa. Jennifer said, I didn't know that was from you. And Marge is like, I left my damn book in there. How you didn't know it was from me? And she was like, you know what? I did. I read your book. Dolores was like, did you hear that? She said she read your book. Jennifer was like, but I fell asleep. <laughs> Even Dolores had to laugh at this shit. I hollered. Now look, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on Dolores. Get, look, I, you know I love me some Dolores, but girl, either stay with David or not. I don't really give a damn no more. I'm just, <laughs> The man lets you hang out with your ex-husband all day, so just just accept that. I don't, I don't know what else to tell you. Okay, bye. The portion of the reunion with all of the husbands coming out just further proves that they need their own, like, I think like maybe like a three-episode spinoff is like a prequel to every season going forward. They are so good and they can hold their own. I'd be okay with that for them and I'd be okay with that for Married to Medicine. Now let's jump forward to the main event of the season. I think, I don't, it, I don't damn know. I don't know if this is the main event or the event that got on our nerves the goddamn most. Who knows? Teresa spreading a rumor about Jackie. Teresa said she spread it because she was at the party and she was, you know, just going to tell her good friends. <laughs> but Jackie said that Teresa is actually jealous of her. Andy asked her if she did all of that to hurt Jackie. And she's like, no, Jackie calls absolute bullshit, you know, which you should. They start going back and forth about how their badass relationship started. And Teresa said it's all because of that whole, you know, do you think your husband would be in prison if you could control him? That damn comment. I'm so sick of that. If they, if they show that flashback one more time to talk about a fight, I'm going to fucking scream. Child, look, this beef is not self-sustaining. Both of y'all just need to let it go and either be friends or enemies. Just decide today and then stick with that shit because y'all constantly trying to mend this damn tired ass, raggedy ass friendship is 
<sighs> it's a lot. But the more interesting thing is when Andy says that, of course, Danielle Staub has a theory that it all stemmed back from uh, to Margaret. This is when we get Jennifer's theory about what happened. Jennifer thinks that since the rumor originated in Tenafly, and since Teresa said on her, her Watch What Happens Live appearance that it all came from somebody within the group, Margaret is the only liable suspect, in her mind at least. Marge, of course, denies it, and no one believes it except for Teresa and Jennifer. Now look, <clears throat> I'm not saying Marge is the one behind the rumor, but I'm definitely saying she was sitting at the table when the shit was discussed, okay? <laughs> she was over there when they was talking about the shit. I'm just saying. Now, she didn't make it up, but she definitely kikied and probably listened to it. Now, that's a, that's a goddamn fact, okay? Then we briefly move into the analogy. Teresa stands ten toes down that Jackie is a low-down helper, and Jackie stands ten toes down that Teresa is a line helper. They, you got two helpers lying and low down and they just going back and forth. And after tireless chipping away at the marble, I mean, Jackie is chipping, 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 chipping away at the marble. Jackie finally gets an apology out of Teresa and Jackie actually extends one to her. Teresa even extends yet another olive branch. Now this one, she doesn't have to shove up her ass, which is good. That's a good thing. That's good. We love, we love growth. And she says that the four of them, meaning her, Jackie, Evan, and Louie can go golfing. Aw, how sweet child. I'm low key glad y'all gone. <laughs> I enjoy, I really did though. I enjoyed this season of Jersey. It, they really are, like, they're very consistent with the drama that they give since they've gotten this current, like, assortment of cast. Whew, but this second part, this reunion woke my ass out. I'm ready for y'all ass to leave. We need a break from y'all. Y'all figure it out. Shit, I think y'all start filming next week, so I hope y'all got it figured out here. Y'all I mean, y'all y'all didn't have no time to make casting changes, so I guess we all assuming that everybody is coming back. Oh, Lord, let me, before I go to the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, let me throw it over to JV one more time. Just kidding. Y'all know JV got thoughts about Beverly Hills, too. <laughs> let me throw it over to JV to tell you his opinions about Jackie and Teresa. I'm not really going to say too much about Jersey. Um, I'm glad that they only had a two-part reunion because the season was short and they didn't need to stress this out. You know, I'm glad that they were able to resolve everything. Um, but just a note, Miss Teresa made a comment that, you know, you got an apology from me. Like, that's something big. And Jackie was not going to take her foot off your neck. People don't like Jackie. You know, people say whatever they want to say about her. She did not start this. She didn't start it. Okay. This was started from Teresa. I don't care where she heard this bullcrap from. I don't care if it came from anybody else in the group. It doesn't matter. You are the one that brought it on camera. You are the one that brought it to that lady husband party. Shut up with your dumb self. And quiet is kept. Jackie is a better woman than I think any anyone in my family would ever be. Because I can picture my mom, my sister, my cousins, my friends saying, way, way worse things 
about your entire family, then I heard your daughter was doing drugs. Like, I understand that she was dumb as a box of rocks so you don't understand an analogy, but come on, little two-finger forehead whore. Jersey, I'm glad we had you, but I'm glad your ass is leaving. It's not like the old saying, I hate to see you go, but I love to see you leave or whatever the hell it is. I'm kind of glad y'all gone, but I enjoyed you. It's not like Atlanta. I was just ready for them to go and then boom, turn around and she got this man name tattooed on her neck and that woman, that woman house doing her floors. And you know what, Portia, I'm not doing this with you today. I'm not doing this. Let me, ooh. Let me go ahead and transition over to the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Now, this, I think, actually might have been my favorite episode of the week. I enjoyed all three, but I think this one might have been my favorite of the week. Jersey is good. Let me go ahead and get into Jersey. I mean, try to see that? Jersey, get the hell out of my brain. Let's go ahead and throw it over to the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Garcelle and them. Guess what? We're starting this segment off with a clip from JV. <laughs> JV has some good thoughts about this season of Beverly Hills so far. He does kind of a, a high-level recap for us. And then I'm going to go ahead and, you know, go into a little more detail in the episode. So, JV, go ahead and kick us off. Hey, it's JV from Chicago. And I did not expect to be saying this, but Beverly Hills is actually starting off good. I kind of like everybody, you know, they're, they're funny, they're entertaining. The drama is afoot with Miss Sutton. Side note, so happy she got her diamond. However, whoever is on Sutton's team for PR or management or whatever, they need a raise because they definitely shoveled out a nice little apology so that she could put on her Instagram so that the people wouldn't come for her. Because low-key, I think a lot of black people really do like, like Sutton. I don't know if it's the fact that she's Southern, but I like her. So when she had that interaction with Crystal, it kind of made me say, mm. I saw a lot of people online saying that, oh, that thing that Garcelle was talking about with black people and not paying like that's not a real stereotype and I had to tell people like no that's real that that is a real thing that people do and people think that you know we don't pay or we won't tip or whatever so I'm glad that Garcelle was able to have that conversation with Kyle and I'm glad that they were able to kind of get past the mess I think it would be kind of hard for Garcelle to be cool with Kathy if she was still feuding with Kyle. I feel like everybody wants to be friends with Kathy because she's the richest one. And I'm not hating on them. But if you notice, Kathy is not going to have a bad season at all. She she is going to be treated like the darling. Okay? Mark my words. I feel like Garcelle also might have had a conversation with Denise. Kind of trying to back her friend up on this season because last season Denise was you know kind of dragged which she kind of dragged herself okay she kind of dragged herself but Garcelle letting Lisa Renner know like what you did last year was not cool to your so-called friend and I don't trust you heifer and you know what good on you you shouldn't trust Lisa Renner but don't fire Lisa Renner because I love her 
Now I don't care who don't like it. We kick things off with Garcelle and Kyle meeting for lunch. I love this scene for a multitude of reasons. I love how pointed and direct Garcelle always is. Women on Beverly Hills tend to kind of gloss over stuff and speed through apologies. I'm looking at you, Lisa Renner, Halfa. And not be so deep. That's a good way of saying it. Not be so deep. Garcelle, on the other hand, wants to get to the root of the issues so they don't happen anymore. Kyle owns her part in the stuff and says, you know, regardless of how we got here, let's hug and move forward and let's just have fun. Garcelle actually, you know, she's like, well, I agree, but let's fast forward to the reunion when you called me out about that raggedy ass charity event and me not paying. You know what? <laughs> Garcelle said them folks were reaching out to an old address that I hadn't had in years. And Kyle said, I know you're a good person. And if we had been on good terms, I wouldn't have even mentioned it. Garcelle, point the blank and the period. Ask her, would you have asked me that if I was one of the white women? Baby, Kyle's mouth dropped to the floor and I was hollering. This is so great because we get to see the point that black people have been making for years that when it comes to stereotypes and incognites and biases, that multiple things can be true at one time. Kyle may not have meant it in a way to attack her as a black woman, but those stereotypes about black people and uh, being fiscally responsible and running out on checks, all these kind of stuff, they do exist. Kyle tells Garcelle that she'd never think about any of those things, you know, when she was saying that. And Garcelle said, well, that's because it's not a part of your world. And this is when it becomes personal for me. Garcelle talks about receiving terrible service and how bad, like, you know, they were just like blatantly ignoring her and how she still had to wrestle with the idea of whether or not to tip. If she tipped, she would have, you know, been, she wouldn't have been honest with herself especially about the level of service that she's received and how she was basically discriminated against. If she did tip or if she didn't tip rather, then they would just, you know, go with that whole narrative of, you know, black people, well, they don't tip anyway and yada, yada, yada. So for black people, it's really a lose, lose situation. Now, let me tell y'all, <laughs> I'm gonna make a little confession. Okay. I am a notorious over tipper and I've had to like recently reckon with why. And it's because of that very reason. For some reason, every time I pick up that pen and I touch that tip line on the merchant copy of the receipt, I feel the spirit of Harriet Tubman and Sojourner Truth and Martin Luther King making me leave a nice size tip to break down stereotypes. The spirit of Rosa Parks and Ruby Bridges and, and Malcolm X. Well, not Malcolm X. Malcolm was whispering, don't tip that white heifer. No, I'm just playing. Okay, I'm just playing. <laughs> let, me <laughs> let me stop, okay? But seriously, I had to ask myself, why, why am I doing this? I can't be responsible for like breaking down those stereotypes when people want to believe what they want to believe. I shouldn't be rewarding shitty ass service just to quote unquote, make black people look good in the eyes of the racist beholder. 
So long story short, thank you, Garcelle, for highlighting this. And thank you, Kyle, for actually, at least on camera, being receptive. Side note, Garcelle. Yes. See, that new confessional look was everything. Looking like a mix between Cotton Candy, Sweet Gold, and Storm from the X-Men. I loved everything about it. See, I hated it when I saw the picture on social media. But it looked good on the episode. It looked real good in motion. You know, you got sometimes you got to see some shit swinging and moving and with a little bounce to it to make it look good. Let's start a petition. I want Garcelle to play a live action version of a LOL surprise doll on Disney Plus. Okay, <laughs> I think that'll be a good show, and I want her to be like the mother doll. I don't know what they damn names are here. I know it's early. But I am loving Crystal, like loving from how like open she is with her home life to her being direct and calling shit out. I am loving it. I'm living. I love how gushy he, she is over her husband, Rob, and his career. Like she go up for that man. And I know the fuck that's right. If my husband made Lion King, I'd be going the fuck up for his ass too. She kind of reminds me of Heavenly from Merit to Medicine in that way. <laughs> if Crystal fuck around and call that man daddy, I'm going to have to uh, call it quits on Beverly Hills. Another reason I love Crystal is that we get Lucy along with her. Now, Lucy is her housekeeper and she plays no games, okay? She will tell her when them dresses are ugly. She tell her when she didn't bought too many damn shoes, everything. Look, we love an opinionated ass housekeeper. Okay. <laughs> we also get to learn a little bit about Crystal's brother who's been living with them because of COVID, you know, not uncommon, but he's actually like a huge pop star overseas. But now when he in America, he ain't doing shit with babysitting her kids, but that's okay. I'm sure them people got a recording studio in their house. I don't know why the hell he not making music, but let me stay out them people business. Okay. I know the fuck. I, then I just say I'll go stay out there being this. Let me get back in it one more time. I know he ready to go back to China and stop babysitting them damn kids. Now look, you you got to be a strong willed motherfucker to be putting up with somebody else's kids. I'm just saying. Anyway, <laughs> we've learned so much about Crystal in this like short amount of time that she's been on screen. Child, more than some of the other women in the show that have been on for you know what? We we won't name no names. We're not going to name no names. But if we did, if we were naming names, we would talk about folks that are currently running from the feds and divorcing their husband and can't afford Gucci no more. But we're not doing that. So we're not going to talk about that. We're not going to name their names. We're not, we not going to do that. Fast forward to the private plane hangar where they're inside waiting for everybody to arrive. Kyle is hilarious because she gets there and she asks Renna and Garcelle how much luggage they have. Now, they're the only three there at this point. They're like, you know, I got a check bag and, you know, I got a carry on and, you know, maybe a little small bag. Child, Kyle got, now listen up now, Kyle got a check bag, a hanging bag for her coats, a duffel bag, a carry on a hat bag, and a grocery bag with some damn oat milk and an espresso machine. I know you fucking lying. I-K-Y-F-L. I just know you lying to me. Listen, it's small shit like this 
that reminds me just how broke I am. My whole mentality <laughs> when I go to the airport is, okay, whew, I better be able to, you know, put all this shit in my carry-on and then I put all this in my backpack because I'm not checking a bag just so Delta can throw my shit off the plane like they are uh, throwing a motherfucking Frisbee. If and only if, that's a big-ass if, if I have to check a bag, I have a scale at my house where I make sure it doesn't weigh more than 50 pounds so that I don't get charged that extra damn fee. Fuck around and fuck around, okay? Y'all better quit playing with me. Side note, one of my favorite followers, Caitlin, told me that Kathy Hilton talks like Caitlyn Jenner, and I have not been okay ever since. Because <laughs> when you think about it, it's 100% right. Okay, the reads. You really work my goddamn nerves sometimes. Everyone is talking about how beautiful Lake Tahoe is and, you know, whether they've been there before. Chris is like, oh, yeah, you know, I've taken many trips there. Garcelle is like, I've never been, but, you know, I think about the bears and this kind of stuff when I think about it. Kyle's like, oh, my God, it's it's one of the most magical places in the United States, you know, with her Disney princess talking ass. <laughs> and then comes Dorit. Dorit talking about, you know... I've never been to Lake Tahoe, but it's giving me a, a Legano Switzerland vibe. Girl, Dorit, shut up. <laughs> Look, Dorit, I'm going to bring you a map. If you can point to Legano Switzerland on that map so I can see it, thanks. Greatly appreciate it. Geography is not my weakest, you know, it's, it's not my strongest point, okay? It's my weakest Jeopardy category, I will admit. Each one teach one, sis, okay? raggedy ass you just want to flex on somebody just say the shit pretty and move on ball-headed ass when they got to that big beautiful rental house that man was giving them the tour and he told them that bears are able to access the lower level of the ground floor whatever they own bitch garcelle grabbed them motherfucking bags and she was running faster than flojo at the damn olympics okay she said oh hell no and she grabbed that big uh gay pride ass coat she was wearing <laughs> and she took the fuck off garcelle wasn't playing with y'all asses side note kathy you and that damn fan are me and i are they okay <laughs> i don't travel without my fan do you hear me i can't I, I cannot risk the hotel having subpar ass air conditioning but unlike kathy hilton i know how to plug my shit into the damn wall okay i know how to find the wall outlet okay i don't wait on damn timmy turner fairly odd parents to magically appear and plug it in for me i got this timmy turner mind your business kathy okay girl child kyle had the nerve to give the private chef the night well i'm about to say not give her the night off because her ass was still right there in the kitchen but that's a whole other story gave her the night off and then kyle had the nerve to burn up that damn food kyle richard <laughs> salmon is the easiest shit in the world to cook all you got to do is, uh, you know, sprinkle, 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 sprinkle. Just put a little bit of seasoning on it. Throw it in the oven. I mean, that damn, it ain't that hard. That damn salmon was blue black. 
not just black. It was blue black. It was burnt. They were trying. They they were nice enough to try to pick over the shit. I'm not that nice, Kyle. I got a uh, Uber Eats Prime or whatever the hell it's called membership. <laughs> not me talking about Amazon. I got one of the memberships where I get the free delivery. I would have called Del Taco or In and Out and had some shit delivered. I'm not eating. I'm, I would have did like Kathy. I would have left that burn up shit right on that plate. I love seeing them play two truths and a lie. But the funny thing about this, <laughs> this whole scene to me, for some reason, you know, I, I noticed the most random shit is when it's Erica's turn. She gave them the options of one. I had to wear a wire for the government Two, I'm adopted. And three, I worked for the Russian mafia. Somebody said, well, you're not adopted. And she said, I am adopted. Kathy Hilton's ass said, oh, wow, how many children? Girl, what? <laughs> she didn't say she adopted kids. She said she was adopted, Kathy. If your ass would pay attention. I don't know why this cracked me up so much. And, of course, she doesn't tell us which one is the lie. Girl, Eric, I'm so damn sick of you. I don't know what to do. I'm ready to see all this court shit play out because... You have you have to open up to us at some point. You can't just be on here and we still don't know nothing about you after 30 years. And Crystal just came on. And we know all about this damn lady whole life. Oh, child. Like, but I get, you know what? I guess she did do better than Kathy. Kathy, the rules are literally in the name of the game. Kathy gave them people all truths. Well, you know what, Kathy? As rich as you are, you can do whatever the hell you want. Don't listen to me. I'd be making up my own damn rules as I went along too. When things finally wind down, Garcelle goes to have a conversation with Renna and tells her that it's shitty you didn't give me the opportunity to express my feelings when we had that little kumbaya earlier. And she basically rushed through her apologies. Big facts. This conversation leads to Renna saying, you know, you want to stick it to me and be mad and that's okay. And Garcelle's like, absolutely, <laughs> because I've been forced to constantly hold stuff in. This leads to Garcelle telling us about the angry black woman narrative and how she's had to fight against it for decades and hold stuff in. Listen, I get it. I know that in Hollywood, we barely ask black women about their experiences in Hollywood. And that's something that needs to change. They asking, they'll ask Garcelle about anything going on, uh, about acting and all that kind of stuff, but they never ask her about her experiences. So I, get it i'm glad this is why it's such a benefit and a bonus to have garcelle on this show because she is being open and honest about all of her experiences she's taking the time to tell these women why something offends her all this kind of stuff garcelle y'all right now you know i i'm you i told y'all i'm trying not to stand people anymore but i definitely go up for you and after that high note of garcelle giving us all of the tea about being a black woman in Hollywood and letting people in on what it's like. We, we go to sudden, 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 sudden. Suddenly life has new meaning to me. They're at the bar area, Kyle, Sutton, and Crystal. And Kyle recaps everything about why her and Garcelle had that moment about the charity event and reunion, all this kind of stuff. Crystal immediately sees why Garcelle took an issue. And she asks Kyle, you know, but you do regret it, right? Or not? 
Kyle says, well, I didn't until she talked to me about it and talked about the stigma with black people not paying their bills and all this kind of stuff. Sutton said, I know that's not where you're coming from. And Chris was like, well, you know, from the perspective of someone who's not white. And then she attempts to give her own perspective and talk about her own life and experiences. But Sutton completely shuts down and flips out she doesn't want to talk about stereotypes and all kinds of dumb shit she's saying and crystal is so damn confused like the entire viewing audience she starts trying to relate you know minority experiences to dealing with harmful spirit you know stereotypes and all this kind of stuff she's trying to relate it to people thinking that southerners are rednecks girl sudden Dustington, like what? Do, what the hell do we say to this, Crystal? Lord, Crystal's like, are you one of those people that says you don't see color? <laughs> gag, gag. Child, sudden acted like she had been shot in the damn head, and Crystal asked her again. She's like, girl, I ain't scared. I asked what I asked. Are you one of those people that claim you don't see color? And then boom, end of episode. Who? Let me tell y'all something. Y'all know I've always liked Sudden, but let me throw it over to Stephanie from the Mocha Menace podcast again, because baby, Stephanie for a whole year now has been telling me her thoughts about that damn Sudden, and whoo, she got some fee-fees and some thought-thoughts, okay? Hey there, this is Stephanie from the Mocha Menace podcast, and I have another note. This is about the Royal Housewives of Beverly Hills. So last season, Stephanie, that's me, had a problem with a Sutton talking about her kitchen because white women don't have kitchens. So I thought it was very weird that she's talking about a kitchen with Garcelle. Garcelle is in Hollywood, so she can roll with those kind of microaggressions. But to see how Sutton reacted to Crystal was wildly on brand for a white woman from the South who thinks she has a kitchen and think that shit is cute. I am really glad that Crystal didn't back down to Sutton. I think that is literally what they thought was going to happen because we think that Asian women are docile and they don't have any opinions. You must not have met an Asian woman because they got opinions and a half as any as most women do. And so to try, you know, I think it's going to, hopefully she doesn't get the, um, the, the mean girl edit. I really hope, I'm sorry. It's late y'all. I'm sorry. Um, I hope she doesn't get the mean girl edit. Cause I think that's whack. Um, we saw how, it much how much it hurt Tiffany Moon to just basically shush she did she wasn't as forthcoming with her opinions when it came to Brandy in that video because she was cut down at the past and here it is you see another East Asian woman and she's not backing down to nobody and I think people may say she may read as mean girls like because she's not is it because you think she's mean or is it because you have a stereotype of what you think Asian women should act and how they should be. We will see how the rest of the season goes, but I hope it's not 
pegging her as the mean girl. Because I saw people peg Leva as the mean girl in Southern Charm. Listen, Stephanie might do a lot of things, but one thing, like yawning. <laughs> but one thing she don't do is lie. I concur and I will, I will go to bat for everything she just said. Now, you guys, before I get out of here, I just want to remind you guys to check out the dip. T-H-E-D-I-P-P dot com. It's a site that allows you to read articles about some of your favorite shows. It's all written by experts and it's fan focused on depth, not on clicks. All of the personalized subscription site, it allows you to follow high quality coverage surrounding all the shows that you love and the shows that you love only. Look at my description and I have an example of an article out there that I want you guys to check out. You guys, it's our new day. It's Monday. Let me know how you guys are liking it. I'll catch you guys again on Thursday for the Marvel episode. And you know what? I'll see ya. As always, thanks for listening. Want to support me for free? Just head on over to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Podchaser or CastBox and leave me a five-star rating and review. Need to contact me? Just email me, housewivesmarvelpodcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram for hilarious memes and all kinds of updates regarding the podcast. That's at housewivesmarvelpodcast. This is Kendrick, and I'll see ya! Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.